you are traveling through the cavern of forgotten depths. The air is cold and damp. The bones of many small animals litter the floor and crunch under your leather-shod feet. Water drips from the ceiling, and in the distance you can hear the growling of savage beasts. Ahead, you see a fire. As you approach, you realize it's a campfire. You see two adventurers camped around it. As you approach, you realize these adventurers... It's your girls, Veronica and Karina. Apparently. Yep. What? I didn't. I actually had no idea where you were. Like we were actually going with that. What up, adventurers? It's mandatory side quest. I'm your host and party rogue, Veronica. And I'm your host and party wizard, Karina. There you go. You almost forgot to say your name. What up? How about these caverns of forgotten depths, huh? I've forgotten most of them, to be honest. A lot of adventurers down here, considering how forgotten they are. You totally just, like, skipped over the fact that I also made a joke about forgetting about the depths. I've forgotten okay. most of them. Okay, we'll go back to appreciate you a bit. Uh, Have we all appreciated the joke enough? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I hope we all appreciated that. You keep putting your hand on my leg and I'm literally holding scissors. Are you gonna stab me with them? <laughs> no, but I might cut my own finger. Be careful using your scissors. Okay, this week we're doing a follow-up to that last one we did about video game endings. We're gonna do video game beginnings. But I mean, before we do that, do you want to talk about what we did recently? Uh, we saw Happy Death Day? Fuck yes, we did! Have y'all been to see Happy Death Day? Because that film, I was about to say fucking rules. But that's, that's, uh, getting a bit too hyperbolic. It was very fun. It was a fun trash time. It was trash, but it was enjoyable trash. Kind of like Riverdale. It's Groundhog Day, but with a murder. Yep. I mean, I don't think anybody that was in it has really been in anything else, but it was a fun time. There were, like, murders. There were dumb jokes. We were the only people in the cinema. Yep, fucking rules. I love being <laughs> the only people in the cinema. I love being able to just loudly be like, That guy, that guy did the murders. It was her. <laughs> we did kind of do that for, like, ten minutes solid, though. Look, you just go, it's like when you watch Battlestar Galactica for the first time, you just have to do this. You're a Cylon. That guy's Cylon. And you're a Cylon. Bolto's a Cylon. Colonel Ty's a Cylon. Adama's a Cylon. Everyone's a Cylon. This is a witch hunt. <laughs> oh, Adama, you sure do shut down, like, a, an official legal trial. Because one of you guys is going to get arrested for doing crimes that you know he did. Oh, well, good thing Rosalind teaches him about democracy. You want to talk about these video games? Those? I'm going to consult the list that I wrote in Discord. I mean... I didn't make a structured thinking about it. Unless, like, you want to talk... Unless you have any thoughts on what makes a video game opening good or bad. Opening, start, beginning... Uh... Well, like, definitely make something that, like, fits the tone of the world. And by that, like, I'm mostly referring to, um... The Last of Us? The Last of Us had a really good example of a, a beginning that, like, fit the world. So good. Like, that one is also very narrative, though. Like, I guess it depends on what kind of game you're playing. I only really play games that are really story-heavy. I mean, unless you're gonna do... I mean, besides the general advice of write a good game, which everything should come on... That that game does so good, though, at, like, you get a very sort of short tutorial about how to walk around and look at things. And it starts off really slow, but it's only really slow for, like... Ten minutes? Not even that. I'm gonna say, like, one to five minutes, depending on how quickly you walk around the house. It's like, what, you walk around your house, then your dad comes down and you fall asleep on the couch, and then shit gets real! It's true. And shit gets very real very fast. I'm gonna say, I think I like openings that either 
are interesting very quick or get you in there fucking quick. I've been playing Doom recently, the newest one, and I don't even remember that having an opening. I think it's just you fucking, from memory, you wake up on that table and a dude's attacking you and you grab a gun and you're instantly shooting people. Sounds like Doom. I mean, god, that new Doom knows what it's doing. It ain't fucking around. It's there for action and fun. It's not fucking Skyrim. Yeah. Which for... Everyone I know who plays Skyrim has downloaded that mod for the, uh... Skip random start point? Yeah, that one. Or just alternative beginning or whatever it is. Skyrim has gotta be, like, the best game with the worst opening. I know it's been talked about a lot, but Jesus, it sucks! You're just sitting in a wagon looking at some dirt because you're not even looking out at the nice view. You're looking at dirt, hearing a bunch of goobers jabber on about fantasy words you don't know. About the Stormcloaks and the Wolfguard. The Dawnguard. Fucking Jundhorn did the yelling and exploded the man with his yells. And then a dragon attacks. I mean, once the dragon attacks, it gets alright. You go through that tutorial dungeon. It kind of sucks that every time you want to start the Really, the game really should have a built-in option that's like, do you just want to skip straight to the first town? That would be nice. You don't it's know. probably, again, why that uh, random start beginning oh, is so, good. so yeah, so like widely used. I mean, they know you're going to play the game all at once. You don't need to do that tutorial dungeon every time. It's true. I definitely get sick and tired of picking up the same, like, you know, four sets of Imperial Garb that I'm just immediately going to sell to, like, the first merchant I find. Sorry, I paused because I was looking into the sky. I was trying to think how the other game started. I've only played Morrowind and Oblivion, but Morrowind was, you got off a boat, and then you went through customs, and then you were out in the world. Because the way, but you spent most of your time in the beginning of that making your character. Because that was back when you had to, like, allocate skill, choose which your primary skills were, and choose your class, and all that. And you could do the quiz. You could choose a class, make up your own class, and choose custom skills. Or you could, like, basically do a fucking BuzzFeed, what, Harry Potter house you in quiz, and then they'd like, you should probably be this class. I mean, I only ever play Skyrim one way, so I think that that would be redundant for me. Oblivion was you were in your jail cell, and then they had to evacuate the king for your jail cell, and you went through some passages, and that was like your little mini tutorial thing. And they did the thing where, because they had classes in Oblivion, they would like, if you snuck a lot, they'd be like, you should be a sneaky class. If you used a lot of magic, like, oh, you seem like a magic class guy. And Patrick Stewart died in the opening, so that was a waste of money hiring him. <laughs> That game had Patrick Stewart and Sean Bourne, and they really spent more money than they needed to on actors who, let's be honest, were probably just phoning in their performances. Yeah, but even when they phone it in, they said, Well, and Patrick Stewart does. I think you could tell Sean Bean was phoning it in a bit. They should have spent the money they hired on Patrick Stewart hiring at least three other NPC voice actors. God, Oblivion was bad. You think Skyrim's bad for voice actors, dear? Oblivion had maybe half as many. The weird thing about how much Skyrim sucks... And how good the opening of Fallout 3 is. It's been a while since I've played Fallout 3, to be honest. I mean, oh, I haven't played it. I've only run on two characters, so I haven't gone through it a lot. But I mean, I don't know. I like I like hanging out with Liam Neeson Dad. Now, there's a voice actor where the money was worth it. I mean, I definitely did have an emotional attachment to him. It may also be just because Fallout is funnier than uh, Elder Scrolls, so they can put some jokes in that opening. But I like fucking over those tunnel snakes, and then... That moment where you first get out of the vault and, you know, you go blind from the sun, that's a great moment. Which they clearly tried to replicate in Skyrim where you first come out of that first dungeon and it's like, oh, I wish you hadn't done that, I wish you'd just show me a cool vista in the opening. Again, it's been a long time since I've played Fallout 3. I like the Fallout 4 opening well enough, but it does it's, feel like they were trying to recapture 3. It's also a bit long. 
Yeah, the one for like, three. Like you definitely probably... have to invest in like you know getting through the beginning of like Fallout Four. At least you don't have to do. At least you're not gonna like see your character. At least you don't get all the way through that character and then you find out your character looks like shit. Looking at you, Dragon Age Inquisition. That opening cutscene that I probably saw six times because I kept like having to remake new characters because I'd get into the game and be like, oh, actually in the regular lighting this character looks very dumb, or this voice doesn't suit the character properly, or whatever. By the way, I really need to... Before you start the game, they really need to, like... Instead of that thing where you just look around as your character's head, they put you in, like, a room, and you can run around and look at yourself from all the angles, and maybe, like, there's some lighting options. Like, give us a real character creator? Well, not that. that. Like, the one they have is fine. I'm just saying they need better options to see what your character's actually going to look like in the game. Just a little, like, you know, green room. Not a room that is green, like a room where the actors go. Well, I mean, I get that. Yeah, I was... Explaining because it being green is the fucking problem in Inquisition. You think you can't make a character one way, but oh wait, no, it's all that green spooky lighting that's making it weird. And I hear Andromeda is even worse for that, especially with like makeup options. Look, I'm gonna be honest. I I don't know if um I don't know if I'm gonna be playing Andromeda. Like certainly not anytime soon. Look, I'll play it when it gets down to twenty bucks. Second hand copy for twenty bucks. Maybe then. Like, I was, like, I have not been terribly impressed by, like, any reviews that I've heard of uh, Andromeda. I hear the story, I hear the story missions and the NPCs and, like, the companion missions are really good. I hear the actual... Yeah, that's every Bioware game. Like, I hear the main core of the game is actually really good. It's just, like, all the side missions are just kind of shitty. Your game has a really, really, really good opening and is probably going to remain one of the all-time great openings. Are you, are you think... waiting for me to guess? Yeah, I'm not... I, I was... You should be able to guess. Is it Brutal Legend? No, it's Bioshock. Oh, yeah, that one's got a great end beginning. Oh my god. It has so much investment immediately. You're like a guy, and then you're in a plane crash, and you're like, oh, I guess I gotta survive this plane crash. And you're like, what's this strange building in the ocean? And you go inside, and it's like, okay, this building's even weirder. Why are there giant statues of some dude in it? And then you're in a bathosphere, and then you get that amazing opening monologue. And normally, like... You know, opening expository monologues can be pretty bad, but they made it very in character. That that opening monologue tells you a lot about Andrew Ryan as a character, and Rapture as a character, you know, setting. Also as a concept. Like, just Rapture's whole... It's a character as much as Andrew Ryan is. It, yeah, it kind of is. And then you get that cool reveal where they uh, open up the window and you get to see Rapture for the first time. You know, in theory, because maybe you already saw it in trailers and screenshots, but you know, it's still a cool moment. And you get down there, and then you get your little tutorial things and learning about how to hit people with wrenches and electricity. That's a good intro. It's also the game where fucking having powers makes sense. We've already had an entire thing about that, though. I can't, I've, only play, I've only played Infinite once, but I mean, it's kind of cool. I just remember you get rowed out to the lighthouse, and then you take that chair into the sky. And you go to the carnival. I don't remember it being as cool. Oh, here's, like, Bioshock Infinite's... Infinite isn't necessarily a good opening in and of itself insofar as being an opening, but like I don't know how much of it you really remember, but like that opening makes perfect fucking sense by the time you actually get to like the meat and like the oh shit what is happening part. I'll of tell the game. you, Infinite certainly had a better ending than Bioshock. Yeah, but like Bioshock's ending was also incredibly personally satisfying for me. Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite? Bioshock. Really? Yes. I, I saved all the girls! 
you find that guy with no pants on. Yeah, it's, the, the it's shitty. That's fight the isn't a good ending, but the ending of the game is that you take all the little sisters to the surface with you, and like you actually give them a chance at living their lives. Yeah, I feel like they could have done that better. I don't fucking care. I thought it was a great it's ending. Like a I was just like, thank God. Like, the fact that I fought so hard to be the good dude and save them they, actually paid they off. They just tell you you did it. It's like a 30 second cutscene. It's like, oh, you, you saved all the little girls, and then you died of being an old man, and the little girls were there. Also, somehow you look like a human, even though you should be a disfigured monster who doesn't fit in society. That's my tree bomb voice, or whatever her name is. Tenenbaum, oh my god. Whatever. It means Christmas tree. Wait, is her name Tenenbaum? Isn't it? Can you Google it real quick? I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Bioshock German Doctor. Tenenbaum. Richard Tenenbaum. Yep. Tenenbaum o Tenenbaum. Yeah. I don't know the rest of it. Yep, sure. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I know that that song in German purely phonetically. I don't actually know what any of the words are. I can't believe her name is Dr. Christmas Tree. What's wrong with that? <laughs> what a... Wow. Okay. They chose that one. Yes. Bioshock 2, I don't remember the opening or the ending. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I've only ever played Bioshock 2 once. Yeah, it was fine. All I really remember is you go through that um uh that haunted house ride of like, what the surface world is like, look out, it's the government. <laughs> uh, I remember that there's a creepy level where you like play as a little sister and you kind of like see the world as like they have been like conditioned to see it. Oh yeah, that was neat. Like that was neat, but like, <laughs> yeah, I think they were right. Um, it definitely does that thing where it's like, oh, I think her name's Sophia Lamb, and she was like Lamb, some yeah. psychologist cult leader or something, and it's like she was there the whole time in Bioshock One and was super important. But we just didn't mention her. Yeah, apparently. It's definitely some hardcore retconning a character in for the sequel. What about Dragon Age? Origins? But, you know, that was the entire concept of the fucking game, was that they had a lot of really good beginnings, because Uh, that was kind of your chosen character's incentive for, like, playing the game. I've only done three of them. I've played all of them. I've done Human Noble, I've done City Elf, and I've done Mage. The problem I... I'm gonna be honest, I think I like... Human noble best. Yeah, you got that dog. Also, because it's just like it's not even necessarily good. Quotation fingers. In so far as, probably the game tricked me to thinking Tim Curry wasn't going to be evil. No, oh, God, no. But like, it's just it's ridiculous. But it's worth it. It certainly gives you the most personal like stake. I think. Oh yeah, like you. I definitely have the most investment. I think in like becoming a warden and defeating evil and like avenging my family. How much do you want to count as the opening of that game? Because the problem I always have with Origins uh, is the Kakari Wilds. Yeah, no, I think you can only count um, the ending of the battle as the beginning. Because like, anytime I think about replaying Origins, I'm always like, oh, I've got to do the Kakari Wilds again. Something about it that's just like, I don't want to do this bit again. No, I would count it up to the big oh. battle. Like, the battle at Ostagar. Because that's also where the big cinematic happens. Yeah. And I think that that cinematic is pretty symbolic of, like, this is the game you're playing. You know what? Thinking of that, you know what's neat about video games nowadays? That we don't do the openings like we had in um, Star Wars The Old Republic? Knights of the Old Republic? One? KOTOR. Where you have the fucking, uh, your little temporary NPC captain guy be like, quick, open the menu and access the inventory to equip items. 
Yeah, thank God we got out of that. Characters no longer tell you about, like, the inventory. I mean, I didn't have to put up with that for most of my life, because I've only been playing video games for, like... That, that said, I've always loved it in video games when... I feel like a whole game called Illusion of Time, or Illusion of Gaia in America is the one I'm thinking of, where you talk to random NPCs in town, and they're like, hold down the B button to run. But what's a B button? Oh, when they're, like, trying to be funny about it, like, acknowledging it? Yeah. I always enjoyed that. I don't think I did. Well, you didn't grow up with it. Yeah, for me it was always just like, oh, whatever. It was it was always, it was just nice besides when NPCs would straight up say that you like, press X to access your inventory. But, you know, how else were you going to get around it back in those days? Dragon Age 2. Good opening? Wait, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a good combat. It establishes characters straight away. It's funny straight away. Like... You get a good idea of the character, and, like, instantly you get established, like, Purple Hawk, Blue Hawk, Red Hawk. I'd like everyone to acknowledge at this point that Karina just described Carver's violent death as funny. No, I'm talking about Varric. And, like, Cassandra just being like, bullshit, I like Carver. I've never played with him. Look, we did that whole episode about Carver. Yes. Well, we didn't do the episode about Carver. You know that I like Carver. Look, I've never... I always play as not a mage, so... You, you know, also I don't, don't get... have siblings, so I don't think you get Carver. Yeah, I guess not. Like, that's kind of a big thing about Carver, is being, like, overshadowed by his siblings. Yes, yes, we did the whole episode about that. That's also Liquid Snake's thing. Except his is about being overshadowed by his dad. His clone dad! Brother! You would point a gun at your own brother! That's literally all I can remember from, like, fucking that entire game. To be honest, it's just, Brother! Okay, Dragon Age 2. Yeah, it's really good. You do that cool opening mission where you're escaping from dudes, you meet, like, Aveline, you fight an ogre. And, like, it's got that Aveline's cool narrative character is really great straight away as well. You get the good framing effect of Varric telling story. You get the thing. You get to do the thing where you get to start at maybe level 20, and then you go back to level 1. But instead of, what was it, like, Darksiders, I think it was called, that game where you played as war... Instead of doing that thing where it's you start like a badass and then some outer force strips your powers away, it's just, no, you start as a badass because your story was being exaggerated. You start as a badass because Varric likes to spin some hella bullshit. It's not fucking Assassin's Creed where you start as a badass and then, I don't know, the president of Assassins is like, you're not allowed to use throwing knives anymore, and then you can't use throwing knives. Did you ever play Assassin's Creed 1? Once. Like, you start with all the abilities, and then you do some sort of break with the rules, and they're just like, no, you can't use your abilities anymore unless we say you can. So dumb. Dragon Age 3? Oh, no, we already said Inquisition. I mean, I don't know. I can't even remember if the opening is good or not. I've played it too many fucking times. I mean... Very similar to my feelings on the opening of Beyond Good and Evil. I had to watch that opening like six times in a row the first time I played it, Karina. Because I played it on PC, and I had a hell of a time figuring out the correct graphical settings I needed. I got to a point at one point where the character models weren't loading, only the character's eyes were, and it wasn't until that first fight I realized, because I was like, are they, like, camouflaged, being invisible? Is that what's going on? Everybody's, like, camouflaged, hiding right now? Should I just be a pair of eyes and, like, a stick floating around here? I probably shouldn't. Had to hear that opening thing about our enemy, the Doms. That sounds vaguely familiar. I mean, it's... It probably objectively is a good opening, but I've just heard it too many goddamn times. You clearly don't remember much about that opening. I barely remember anything about the game at all, to be honest. It's a good game. 
All I can really remember is that they had the trailer for that new one that had a swearing monkey in it. Yeah, monkey did a swear. That's all everyone remembers. <laughs> and, like, I literally have no idea what this sequel yeah. has to actually do that with the bought... first game. It has talking animal people in it. Seems to be the only connection. Maybe it's a prequel? Oh, you take pictures of animals. That's what I spent way too much fucking time doing. Oh, yeah, because it's also Pokemon Snap, and you take... Because fucking... there were, like, whales and shit that I kept yeah. waiting on taking pictures of. You always gotta, like, try to take the boss's photo and then, like, keep going. What is this? Fucking Bioshock? It's Wind Waker, but with a lot more storage. Wind Waker had a thing where you could find a little island and you got a camera and you could take photos of people and then you, like, unlock little models to look at. But you could only hold four photos at a time. So you'd, like, take your four photos, then you'd have to fucking, you know, sail all the way to the island, get your models made, and sail all the way back. Do you want to talk about Zelda? Sure. Twilight Princess had a bad opening, I think. You spent too much time doing stuff that's pointless. I get what they were going for. They were trying to do that thing of showing you, like, the plain farm life you came from before you went on your big adventure. But you don't need to do the goat herding and the goat catching and the fishing and teaching the kids how to use the slingshot, and I think having to shoot down a beehive to get honey. I don't remember much of this opening. Herding goats sucks. <laughs> herding in general sucks. Speaking of herding, though, seeing as how I brought this up in the car earlier, and it's kind of going off uh, off the tangent of your Legend of Zelda point, though, uh, Brutal Legend. Fucking fantastic opening. I do wish it was a little less easy to die in the car a bit. <laughs> When you're escaping across the bridge and it's collapsing. Okay, you get Is that, that in the beginning? Yes. Okay, Star Brew Legends, you get that opening cutscene, which I don't know if it's long for an opening cutscene, but it's funny. I like it. I'm okay. It's enjoyable. I'm okay with a long cutscene if it's enjoyable, and this one is very funny. And then you get that little like tutorial how to do a fight, and then you learn how to do your other attacks, and then you first get to the bit where you're in the car and you're escaping over the bridge. It's like, oh my god, the bridge is collapsing. Oh, right. I died a few times on that the first time. I just hate when you're doing, like, a cool badass thing and you keep dying so you have to keep doing it and it doesn't feel cool anymore. Very good opening, though, Brutal Legend. Like, it sets the tone immediately. Like, you know exactly, like, how extra and how ridiculous. And also credit to Jack Black because I would believe that he just kind of was rattling off random shit while he was in the recording studio that was all usable. Like, when oh, he's yeah. just, like, modeling that, shit when he's, like, interacting with certain characters that, or, like, world dynamics. That opening is, like, 100% on Tim Shaver and Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, oh my god, that bit where you actually, like, get Clementine, though, and he just picks it up and plays, and the fucking lightning hits the dude behind you, though, oh, and then face. Eddie turns around and then looks at the camera, does a little smile and a nod, and then you get, like, that like that stricken black and white filter and like that classic like you know book opening like that tour book opening which is so on point as well yeah props to whoever did the cutscene animation on that one for that face he does oh god like brutal legend is honestly one of those games where no matter how quotation fingers bad or quotation fingers like low res the graphics are it will always be such an enjoyable game because it's so artistic has a strong artistic style yeah well the artistic style they went for was Every screenshot should look like the cover of a metal album. Yeah. <laughs> I succeeded that. Oh, I forgot about its actual opening. Which is Very... Jack Black taking you into the... Yeah, the live action shop. footage of him being like, Hey guys, follow me into this record store. Yeah. I keep it in the back. That's 
Did not ex- didn't know that was coming. It's very weird at first. And it does that cool thing where the menu is the record unfolding. Yeah. I love that game. God, I love that game. Psychonauts also had a good opening. Psychonauts also has a super good opening. Again, yeah. Tim Schafer writes a funny cutscene. Yup. <laughs> I'm okay with cutscenes if they're funny. Like, people shit on Metal Gear, but man, if they were funnier, they'd be okay. And like, funny funny, not Kojima funny. You know it also has, like... I don't necessarily know if you would find it funny. I definitely find it amusing, at least. Um, Fez. I don't remember the opening. I only remember the exit where he plays the drums. Well, yes, but, like, the beginning of Fez is just, you wake up, you explore, the dude gives you the Fez, and then you meet the dodecahedron, and you don't know what the dodecahedron is saying at first, and, like, I just found it really charming because I did actually look up what the translation was later. Um, but the dodecahedron is... A fucking shit, and it's really funny, actually. I would say Fez does have a good opening, and that I think it does a good job of explaining the mechanics to you. Yeah, I mean, Fez is also a game that is literally all about mechanics. atmosphere. Okay, atmosphere. atmosphere. I was gonna say mechanics. Well, yes, it's a it's a puzzle solving game essentially, but the atmosphere yeah. of it is fantastic. I think it like does... the graphics and like the gameplay and the music and the different worlds and like the fun little level, like the sound level. That sound level is my favorite one of the entire game. And it just puts in cool, fun little levels as well, so you don't get too dragged down with like not solving the puzzles. There's also a lot of puzzles at one time, generally. Yeah. I can't think of a lot of times where you get stuck on one puzzle. There's always at least three or four you can go work on if you can't figure out the one you're on. Oh, Mass Effect. One's bad, two's good, three's good, I guess? Two's pretty good. One is, well, you walk around your ship and then you go on that mission. You just kind of do a tutorial mission. There's nothing special about the opening, I don't think. Two does the great thing where it basically has a cold open. Yeah, two does that great thing where you get fucking killed. It, it like, a cold open. Because the credits happen during, like, the rebuilding. Yeah. Like, the rebuilding um, cinematics. Oh, man, you know what I should have done? Put a spoiler warning and start this episode. Oh, fucking whatever. I'll edit one in at the start. Like, obviously, spoiler warning for any game we talk about. But yeah, that's also a good hook. You get fucking blown up at the start of Mass Effect 2. That's a good, oh my god, what's gonna happen hook? And then you get, like... Like, you're dead. Then you get rebuilt. Yep. They had the technology. And apparently bazillions of dollars. Three! I mean, it's cool because I guess you got the Reapers invading, but it is a very standard opening tutorial combat mission. It feels very standard shooter. Yeah. Here's, a, here's how to get into cover. Here's how to jump over a thing. Here's how to like shoot it, a dude. It feels more like Halo or Gears of War than Mass Effect. It feels a lot like, actually, it feels a lot like Gears of War. Like, one, where at the start, like, you get let out of jail or whatever because they need you for the mission. And the dude's like, hey, do you need to, do you need to, like, do a quick refresher? And you can choose yes or no. That's what I was like. And they're like, hey, do you want to do the tutorial? And you nope. just be like, nah. I'm good, bro. But yeah, that Mass Effect opening felt like a Gears of War opening. <laughs> I don't know what Andromeda's opening is like. I assume you hang out on a ship, talk to people, then you go on a little tutorial mission. Would be my guess. Oh, Half-Life, which you've never played. Played! Half-Life 2. Yeah. Half-Life 1, back in the day, its intro was basically what probably got me to play video shooters. So I was never into Doom or Quake or anything. They It just looked visually un- very unappealing to me, and that you know it was just running around shooting dudes, I didn't care. Half-Life 3 I got into because I got told, like, the cool stuff that happens in it. And Half-Life 1's opening is you're on the train on the way into Black Mesa, and you can kind of look around, and you see all the different labs, and there's little people are doing things. Like, there's stuff going on with NPCs carrying boxes around, and that one security guard that's walked out of that door and stuff. It's 
Sort of the same thing that, like, Bioshock builds on for its opening. Going back to it now, it probably is too long. But at the time it was very, whoa, it's like an actual world. It's not just levels. And then you wander around and explode that guy's soup in the, uh, stuff room. You click on the microwave and the soup explodes. And he's like, Borden, what are you doing? I had one in my mind and now I've lost it. What about Portal? Portal's fucking gold. I don't remember Portal's opening. I remember Portal 2's opening. Again, very funny. All Portal's that... opening is, hello, welcome to Aperture Science, blah, 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 blah. And then they open a portal in your cell and you walk out of the portal oh, yeah, and they go, you're... very good. Because you're in the little box. Right, right, right. You fall into the same box in Portal 2. Yeah, they... Because you can probably pick up the same radio and put it in the toilet like I did. <laughs> <laughs> I put everything in the toilet. That is also very, like, it's probably better than this. Mechanically, that's a really good intro for T. Te- I've... I did a little bit of the director's commentary, because you can play it with director's commentary on. And they talk about, like, how hard they work to, like, the first thing we have to teach you is how a portal works. And, like, how one they spent positioning the portal so you would exactly see yourself going in and out of it, so everyone would get straight away what was going on. Portal 2, I don't remember, but it's very funny. You wake that, up in yeah. the, hello, welcome to the relaxation center. All that press A to say Apple stuff. Very funny. Yes, it was. Uh, what, what you're doing, oh, I can't do a British accent, what am I even trying to do here? What you're doing is jumping. Yeah, all that, uh, oh, we're going to make a very... It's a forced emergency docking procedure. We're... I don't even think it's that kind of British. No, it's not that kind of British. <laughs> I can't do what kind of British that is. Shrug. Oh, Wheatley. No. Oh, I'm not a moron. <laughs> no, it's not that kind of British. What are you doing, Cockney? Not quite Cockney. Oh. But in the same neighbourhood, I think. I don't think he's that kind of British. But no, it is. Like, Portal's also got, like, really good writing, though. And always has. Yeah, again, you can just make a good video game intro by having really, really good writing. Maybe if there was an Elder Scrolls game that had really, really good writing, they'd have a good opening. Those games, let's be honest, they always have really shitty writing. God, I had one. No, no, can't think of it. Dishonored! I, personally... I'm trying to remember what... I love the Dishonored games. One was probably better than two, but I think what two was trying to do was... Are you talking about about the games or the openings? The openings. Yeah. Because I know what they were trying to do, even though you've said that you don't like them. But I acknowledge that they were basically just trying to set up the... Here is what's happening. Let's get you straight into the gameplay. Yeah, like, I get that's what they were doing, but in two, it really feels how rushed it is. Just in the, here's your long-lost sister. Up, oh, she's assassinated you. Thronged you. Ant. Yeah. They probably needed just, the, like, a five more minutes, five or ten more minutes to let that breathe. No, I know. I know what, I know what you're saying, but I still love Dishonored. What? I thought it was good. I thought it was a really good cinematically, even at least. One was good. From yeah. memory, it's like, you take that boat in, so you get to see whales and shit and see the world, then you go up the stairs, and then the shit gets killed, and then you're in jail. Is yeah, but, it? like, you do little things. Like, you play hide-and-go-seek with Emily, and, like, that teaches you how to play stealth, and it teaches you how to lean. So you, like, you do little things so that you learn how to play the game. Oh, two have the thing where Emily's getting her tutorial. Which I think is skippable. Yeah, it is. I did it and kept getting spotted by Corvo, which is very annoying. Well, it's also fucking Corvo. But, it was, no, it was very hard to work out... I had a lot of trouble telling out what the fuck I could actually hide behind, like what he could see. 
Right. I mean, here's the thing, is that Corvo's definitely also much more perceptive in that tutorial than a lot of the guards actually are. Yeah, which kind of messes you up for what guards are going to be like, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, you know, then you do what I do, which is get the uh, fucking runes, which are choke out bitches faster and move faster while in stealth, mimic those four times over, stick them into a four times rune, and then just fucking obliterate in stealth mode. And by obliterate, I mean knock all those bitches out. Half-Life 2 had that ridiculous physics opening. That's mostly what I remember. It's that bit where you watch a guard push a woman into that luggage, and it's specifically so they can show off the new Havoc engine physics, which were a big deal at the time. Also why Half-Life 2 has so many fucking seesaw puzzles. I noticed that. I really want to show off those physics. Did you want to talk about more Zeldas? See, you've only played- oh, well, you've only played like you. Wind Waker, I kind of like, but I don't like the monster fortress you do. That's that- Fortress you do right at the start where you don't have your sword and you have to, like, avoid all the spotlights and enemies. I don't like that. But, I mean, the game's just so fucking charming. I love running around on, I think it's Outset Island, carrying pigs around and getting your little sword. Ocarina? I don't know. It's a long time since I played it, and I just remember how stuck you got. Have I ever played Ocarina? Yes, because you got stuck because you couldn't find the sword. Like, you're in the opening village of all the other kids, and it's like, you buy the shield, and then you have to, you have to like, crawl through a tunnel to find the sword. You were, like, about to rage quit just before you saw, actually, saw the tunnel you had to go through. Oh, yeah. It's, like, kind of blocky, that game. Yes, it's from, like, the late 90s, so yes. It's very polygony. I mean, I only very vaguely remember you only did like, it at all. You only did the first dungeon. You did, like, the Great Deku Tree, where you go inside the tree and you fight the giant spider boss. You might have got to Hyrule Town, but you didn't get much further. It didn't really enthrall me like the other ones that I played. It's cooking around, it's cooking well. I like Twilight Princess. That one's definitely my favorite. Yeah, it's probably my favorite too. Link to the Past and Link Between Worlds, for memory, pretty quick openings. Link Between Worlds might have that thing where you have to go get go pick up your sword or whatever. Yeah. Link to the Past was pretty much straight into it. You wake up in the middle of the night and your uncle's like, he's going somewhere, and you kind of wander around and you find the secret entrance in the castle, and like, bam, you're in the dungeon. Oh shit, do you know? Thinking about pixely games, what I didn't even consider until just right now. Chips Challenge? Undertale. Oh, yeah. That one's fucking fantastic. Because, I mean, that beginning area is just the beginning area, but it establishes immediately, like, the world that you're in. You get that brief little cute history lesson. You get, like, that really, like, you know, creepy bit with Flowey, which immediately teaches you, like, how the how all the combat in the game works. Yep. It is probably my least bit of favorite of the game to replay, just because you have to do that, oh, find the switches and all that bit. I don't mind. I prefer once you get the snowed in beyond that. Well, that's also because that's where you find Papyrus. Yeah, I think the game starts getting a lot better after that. I know that Papyrus is your favorite. He's so good. He's so shitty. I can't believe you don't like Papyrus. I don't. You're the worst. Papyrus is so good. He's a cool skeleton, and you go on a date with him. I like Undyne. You've got hidden spaghetti. I like Undyne. Yeah, everyone loves Undyne. I mean, she's great too. But like the pirates are the best. She makes really bad spaghetti. Yeah. I mean, well, I pretty much everything about Cole. We didn't even bring up Undertale in our video game endings, but I mean. Fuck. What a masterclass in endings. Yeah, that one's kind of in like its own special brand almost. Yeah. Yeah, Undertale has good endings. 
beginnings. And beginnings. I mean, obviously its endings are better than its beginning, but it still has a good beginning. I mean, the endings are kind of the point of the whole fucking game. I can't believe I didn't talk about Chrono Trigger in video game endings. Why do I always think that Bo Burnham and Toby Fox are the same person? I have no idea. They're very different people. They look similar? Maybe. I don't know. For a long time, I actually did th- I did think that Bo Burnham and Toby Fox were the same person. Uh, definitely not. <laughs> I know that now. Can't believe I didn't talk about Chrono Trigger in the video game endings. That's the first game I played that had multiple endings. And a new game plus mode. So you can get the 15 different endings. That game has a... Once you beat the game the first time, you can go fight the main boss, whenever the final boss, whenever you want. And depending on what you do in the story, you get different endings. Like, there's a point in the story where you go back in time in dinosaur times, and you have to help the humans fight the reptile people. If you get to that point, and then go fight the final boss before you've helped the humans fight the reptile people, when you get to the end of the game... When you get to the ending, like, everyone in the world is reptile people. Because, like, the reptile people, like, took over, like, became the dominant civilization. And they just have lots of little weird endings like that. Including one ending where, like, the women just rank all the men in the game. And then another one where you just wander around talking to the developer and the producer. Alan Wake? No, I don't remember anything about it. The opening. Bayonetta? I don't remember how Bayonetta opens. Um, you're having that fight on the clock tower that's falling off the cliff. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's fun. That, that's like just you a random... You get to experiment with like the different moves Yeah, I don't even shit. know if you can die in that bit, so you just get the fuck around with fighting. And then you have that whole bit in the... Uh... Graveyard. Yeah. I enjoy the cutscenes, but I could do without the cutscenes that aren't animated. Those ones that are just basically like still photos of voices over. Those tend to run a bit long. Anything else that springs out at you is like, oh my god, that opening was amazing. What about Tomb Raider? I don't know, the opening like getting out of the rope and crawling through the tunnel, I mean, that's all pretty cool and sets a mood. I guess the one where she ends up on that island, like, that's pretty hardcore. That's the first one. Yeah, I guess that one, then. Yeah. Also, from memory, it does that really cool thing I like where you first get out of the cliff and it pans around to look out at the ocean and the word Tomb Raider appears in the sky in big letters. <laughs> like, it's there physically in the world. I kind of always like when think movies or... I'm pretty sure Homestuck did that a few times, so go figure. Homestuck definitely does that at the end. Like, the words Prospit and Durse are definitely actually floating in the sky. Yep. <laughs> Like, they are big floating blocks. I always like that. I think Panic Room did that sort of too. You ever seen that? Oh, good. Life is Strange. Oh, yeah, I watched you play the first, at least some of the opening. That was cool. I mean, I played the whole game. Yeah, but I didn't watch you play most of it. I saw you still play this opening. It did the thing I always really like where it did a cool song thing. Where you like, she's just walking around playing, listening to that song. I mean, again, because of the entire dynamic of the game, the beginning works really well thematically. Like, even if it doesn't impress you terribly much at the time, you really kind of get what's happening with it later. I kind of like Final Fantasy XV, mostly just because they played that um, Florence and the Machine cover of Stand By Me, when the car breaks down and they're just pushing the car down the highway. <laughs> oh, Final Fantasy VII had a good opening. That thing where you like train pulls in and you're immediately fighting dude and you're on that terrorist mission to blow up that power plant. That's all cool. You technically saw that, but you got to the second random encounter and we're like, no, I refuse to play this game. Oh, is it one of those fucking games with, like, random fights? Yes. I fucking hate those. Yeah, you do. I hate them. I know you do. I mean. genuinely hate them. I know you do. That's why you wouldn't play more than five minutes of Final Fantasy. Because I don't like the idea of just fucking walking along and then you're forced to do, like, a bunch of random-ass fights. I don't know how you played Pokemon. I didn't really. Yeah, well... Remember? I'm having a quick goosey for my uh, Steam list to see anything else. Yeah, Broken Age! I don't really remember much of Broken Age, to be honest. Uh, eh, Broken Age good. Gone home! That wasn't really about its opening or ending. That was the one where you were walking around in your house. What's Night in the Woods' opening? <sighs> you just 
do you have a dream and then you get off the train? Like, I can't how does think. That actually there's start? some sort of you get a couple of choices because you get to choose whether there was a flood or something else, and you get to choose something about the town. Yeah. And then I can't remember if there's a dream thing or I think you just. It's like you've gotten off the bus and you're at the bus stop. Yeah, bus or train or I've something. I've only played like it once, and I didn't see you play the opening when you played it. Good fucking ending, though. I don't remember if we talked about it in the ending episode, but great ending. Very thematically strong. Really tied it all together. Sword and Sorcery? Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP? I mean, I do like that game. I don't remember what the opening or the ending are. I just know I really liked, I liked the music, and I really liked the aesthetic. Nice music. Also, it was a mobile game originally, apparently. Yeah, you can really tell, honestly. Yeah, with the clicking and the right. Also, there is a bear person dick in it. Oh, yeah, there is. Like, that is definitely just straight up a penis. Mm. I mean, it's a couple of pixels, but it's definitely a penis. Oh, phone call. That's probably my car. Hello? Okay, my car is ready for it says, so we should go get that. So I guess that's the end of that episode. Whatever games we said had good ending openings, you should play those games. And you should also play Fez. We just broke that one a lot. This is good. Uh, speaking of my car being ready for a service, that's like over 500 bucks, so this is a good time to plug that Patreon! We go to Patreon, it's at patreon.com slash Knights of Podcast. That's Knights of K, because, you know, it's like an adventuring party thing. You know, help us out. Just a dollar a month. That's less than the price of a muesli bar. I don't know, I don't buy muesli bars. It's definitely less than the price of a, you know, like a chocolate bar down at the, you know, supermarket. Dollar a month. It would actually really help us out. And we're, you know, on Twitter and Tumblr and places, but I'll include those links in the show notes. We gotta go pick up this car before the car play shuts. We'll see you next time, adventurers. I don't know what we're gonna talk about then. Video game middles? Now we're not going to do that. Hey, real quick, Fable 2, good or bad opening? Yeah, it's alright. Yeah, it takes a little long doing all those side quests. It sets a good theme, though. Yeah. She said it sets a good theme, I don't know if the mic picked up anything she said. Definitely, uh, made me super angry when my sister got killed. Oh yeah, glad that happened. Alright, we're out for now, adventures. See you next time.